All right. Welcome back to another very special edition of Area 11. My name is Kyle Kekka, and my ho- and my other host is... Matt Baylor, a.k.a. Mr. Music Man, a.k.a. Mr. Music. What's up, guys? How you doing? <laughs> All right. We have a very good episode for you guys tonight. We're very excited to roll this out. Uh, we do not have any guests on this episode. Uh, we wanted to run it back uh, for one of our original uh, features with just with just Matt and I. Uh, for this week, we'll have more guests in the future. Um, but this episode is going to be really good. Uh, we're going to do our Super Bowl preview with Super Bowl Sunday coming up uh, this Sunday with the Chiefs versus the Buccaneers. Very excited for that. Uh, we're going to talk about the Matt Stafford trade, which Matt's probably going to have a lot of opinions on. Hmm. Detroit Lions fan over here. Yes, sir. Then we're going to talk about where Deshaun Watson could potentially go because he has requested a trade from the Houston Texans. Uh, and then we're going to shift to basketball, where we're going to be talking about who the best young core in the NBA is right now. And we're also going to be talking about if the Utah Jazz are for real or if they're a little bit fake. And then to end it off, we're going to do a musical bracket. Uh, this time it's going to be Arizona Zervis. Um, who entered the mainstream with the song Roxanne last uh, in, oh my God, I was about to say last year, but it was 2019 now. It looked like last year though. That's crazy. That is insane. Um, and he is an artist that is very near and dear to our hearts. Uh, I credit Matt with uh, putting with with, uh, with him putting me on uh, Zervis and his music and um, and he's got a, he's got 15 or 16 songs in my playlist. So he's, he's, he's really good guy to listen to. Yes, sir. All right. Well, to start off the podcast, we are going to be talking about our Super Bowl predictions and our overall Super Bowl preview. Um, like I said, the Chiefs and the Bucks are going to be playing this Sunday. Um, I believe the the betting line right now is Chiefs by I want to say like three three and a half points something like that. Yeah. It's 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 pretty close. Um, I I feel like most people would probably pick the Chiefs to win this game. Um, because their offense is so dynamic and they have just enough playmakers on defense uh, to get it done. And they have Mahomes. They have Patrick Mahomes, uh, who is arguably the best quarterback in football. Uh, Matt, what do you think the keys to this game are and who do you have winning this game? You know, I think defense for both teams are going to have to step up. Um, Tampa Bay's defense has been playing incredible. They have two of the best linebackers. Um, in the league, as well as, as, well as an extraordinary uh, defensive line. Um, Jason Pierre-Paul, my man, the Dominican Sioux. Mm. Uh, so, you know, as far as Patrick Mahomes and, and, and his offense, you know, they're going to be moving extremely fast, which, again, is Patrick Mahomes. It's not really a problem, um, but I feel like this is the probably, you know, best defense that we played this year. Um, and, you know, as far as the Chiefs defense, you know, they have some playmakers as well. Um, and again, you know, Tom Brady isn't as mobile as, as, you know, Patrick Mahomes, but, you know, he's quick, uh, you know, minded, he makes a lot of moves. Um, they're smart, you know, obviously it's not, he's not perfect, but you know, he, he does have a high football IQ. So I think it's going to be a battle of the defenses. Um, as far as the offense, you know, they get done, get things done every week. It seems like. Um, so, you know, that it is what it is, but like I said, I think the, the main, you know, spotlight is going to be on both the team defense and how they can stop, um, quarterbacks. So, yeah. So you got one in the game, gut feeling right now, a couple days out. It's tough, man. It's tough. Um, going with a gut feeling though, 
I gotta go Chiefs. Um, I feel like you know that their offense is going to to make up for uh, the lack of their defense. But I do feel like their defense, in comparison to the Bucks, is not as good. Um, but you know, I think that it's going to go back and forth. It's not going to be a, it's not going to be a, a blowout. Um, and if it is, then that's crazy. But, um, yeah, man, I got, I got chiefs by either a field goal or a touchdown. I feel like it's going to be real close, but you know, I'm excited for it. How about you? So what you're saying about the defenses is pretty interesting because, the the Chiefs formula the last couple of years has been Mahomes mm-hmm. and his receiving game, just a good enough running game, and yeah. a defense that has been but don't break. Their their defenses in the last couple of years have been pretty solid, mm-hmm. um, if unspectacular. They've had a couple mainstays on that defense for a couple of years now. Chris Jones on on their on their line, Tyron and Matthew in the secondary, um, who are two of the best defensive players in the entire league. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic is going to play out with them stopping Tom Brady. What's interesting, and I think the most important storyline in this game, is the Chiefs' offensive line. Their offensive line throughout the year has been pretty unhealthy. They've, they've, they lost a couple starters uh, early on um, in the season. But their starting left tackle, Eric Fisher, is going to be out for this game. Mm. He has an injury. Um, and it's like we were saying, their defense, the, the defensive line of the Bucks is very, very good. They have a couple guys that can really, um, that, that can really pressure the quarterback and make Mahomes feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. They also have Levante David at linebacker, who's one of the best players in all football. Um, so with, with the Chiefs offensive line being tattered right now, a lot of pressures are going to be on Mahomes to be near perfect for them to win this yeah. game. Um, I do think that it can be done. Mahomes is obviously a very special talent and he's just, he's, he's definitely one of the most, if not the most skilled player at the quarterback position I've ever seen personally. So it's going to be interesting to see how he handles the pressure that the Bucks are going to put on him. I, I think they're going to get to him at least a couple times. I, I think they are going to sack him probably two, three, four times. Mahomes is mobile, which will make it tough, but I do think it'll happen. Yeah. Um, but I think that this game is going to be closer than a lot of people think. I, I, I think for Tampa's offense, um, I think Brady's going to get his. I, he, he's built for these moments. And he's yep. the greatest player of, of, of all time as, as of this moment. Um, and the Bucks arguably have more depth across their team right now than, than the Chiefs do. The sure. Chiefs have more star talent, but the Bucks roster, if, if you look at both the rosters from an objective standpoint, they're they're arguably deeper than the Chiefs are right now. So I do think that the Chiefs are going to pull out this game. I, I do believe Mahomes. It's very tough to bet against Tom Brady, yeah. um, even at 43 years old. I have the Chiefs winning this game 30 to 28 um, yeah. with Mahomes winning MVP of, of this game. Okay. And I, I kind of wanted to ask you this too. So if, if Mahomes win this, wins this game, it's going to be his, his second in or uh, his second in a row if, if he wins this game on right. Sunday. Where does this put him in the conversation for greatest players of all time? Because he's obviously he obviously has a ways to go to to catch Brady because Brady has six right now. Yeah. But if Mahomes wins this game, there's going to be a lot of people that are saying he's if he you know retires after this game, for instance, which he won't. But if he did, he would already be a Hall of Famer. What are your thoughts on that? 
you know, I think we were talking about this a couple of days ago. Um, but you know, I don't think people realize how hard it is to make it to the Super Bowl back to back years. Um, as far as Patrick Mahomes go, you know, him being a super young quarterback, um, making it to the Super Bowl, and on top of that, winning the Super Bowl, I think really opened up a lot of people's eyes of his potential um, and his room for growth. Um, now, back to your question, you know, if if he retired after the Super Bowl, I feel like, you know, with what I said about going back to the Super Bowl, um, back-to-back years and him with his age, you know, I, I definitely – would put him um, top 10. Uh, and the reason why I say top 10 and not top five was because he's still, like I said, he's still young. Um, and we still have a lot to see from this kid. Um, so jumping the gun and putting him top five, I feel like is a bit, you know, uh, close to the edge. Um, but you know, top ten is is a, is is a good space because when you think of quarterbacks, greater quarterbacks, um, there's a lot that has done great things in their career, um, which led them to you know a Super Bowl or the Hall of Fame. Um, and again, with Patrick Mahomes and where he's been and where he's going, um, he can easily you know move up the charts from that top ten list. Um, and potentially, you know, be a top three guy by the end of his career. So, yeah. I mean, he, he's off to the most dominant start, I think, for anyone in North American sports history. Yeah. I, I think just – I mean, since since 2018, when he won MVP that year, he he just has it all. He's got a rocket for an arm. Yeah. It, it helps, of course, that he has Travis Kelsey and, and Tyree Kill, but I think even – I, I think even without those guys, he he, he would be a phenomenal quarterback. Sure. He just has great instincts. He's so natural with it. Um, he's and he's just so fun to watch. Like every time he's on, I don't watch football as much as I used to, but every time he's on, I I, I tune in because I know that I could watch something special. And definitely, um, just has that quality. I I think that if so, just so okay, so just hypothetically speaking, if Mahomes retired at the end of the Super Bowl, which he won't, but if he did. He would have probably a decent chance of making the Hall of Fame, but I don't think he would just because that's only three excellent years. Yeah. Um. I I always kind of point to the Sterling Sharp uh, example. That's that that Shannon Sharp's brother. Mm-hmm. Um. He was he was a great receiver for the Packers for six seven years. He had like probably eight or nine thousand receiving yards. He was one of the best receivers in in the league when he played, and he did not and he has not been inducted uh, inducted in, into the Hall of Fame yet. Mm-hmm. Um. Now that's a receiver and you know, Mahomes is a quarterback, right. which is the most important position in, in football. But I still think that Mahomes would probably have to play a couple more years at, at that level to, to warrant a, a very early hall of fame induction. Mm. Um, but I mean, he, he's not going to retire until he's in his forties. I mean, he's, he's going to play the game for as, for as long as, as, as he wants. Um, and he's not going to want to forfeit that contract. This is just a hypothetical True. thing. Um, but I, I, I do think that if Mahomes wins this game, um, he is on a a track that very, very few people in North American pro sports have been on, which is the potential GOAT track. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do see a world in which he catches Tom Brady one day, but that's 
he 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 has to do a lot more. Yeah. But I think in terms of just his pure talent, just the way he plays the game, he's definitely going to go down as an all-time great. I, I think regardless of, of yeah. what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so we both have the Chiefs winning this. Um, pretty close though, and I I should add something though. If if both teams were at full strength, I'd have the Chiefs by ten. Yeah. If if both teams were 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 full strength, but I, I think because of the circumstances and with the Bucks playing at home, I mean, I mean, this is the first home game Super Bowl there is. Yeah, with the Bucks at home playing in in, in uh in in Tampa Bay, um, it's it's going to be really fascinating. I, I do think that the, that the Chiefs are going to pull this one out, but I think it's going to be closer than people realize. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, moving on from our Super Bowl preview, uh, which is this Sunday. We are going to transition into another football topic. We're going to transition to uh, talking about the Matt Stafford trade. So um, not too long ago, just a couple of days ago, uh, Matt Stafford, formerly of the Detroit Lions, got traded to the Los Angeles Rams um, for Jared Goff, a couple first-round picks, and a third-round pick. Um, there have been a lot of opinions that have been floating around online, um, on, on YouTube, and from uh, various sports personalities um, about this trade. And I wanted to get your opinion on it first your instant gut reaction and then what you thought about it after. Cause we were talking about this a little bit a couple days ago, Yeah, but I, I'm not sure if you've changed your stance on it since. Well, you know, obviously you were actually the first one to tell me about it. Cause I, I had no idea. And when you had texted me that, um, you said something like Matt Stafford to, to the Rams and, you know, instantly, as soon as I read that text, my mind, you know, said we got Jared Goff because the deal was, you know, wherever Matt Stafford goes, it was going to be a trade. And, you know, 99%, you know, we were going to get that team's quarterback. And obviously Jared Goff, former LA Rams, we got him. Like Kyle said, as far um two first-round picks and a third-round pick. Um, You know, as far as who won the trade, you know, I, I look at it, it's it's pretty neck and neck. Um, but I feel, and again, this is not me being biased because I'm a, I'm a Lions fan, but I do feel like we've won by a slight margin. And that's because not only do we have a younger quarterback, but we also have acquired all these draft picks. Now, what that means is, you know, if Jared Goff doesn't pan out to what the Lions want him to be, um, that's where those draft picks come into play. And we can acquire uh, uh, another quarterback from the draft in these upcoming years. Um, obviously, you know, like the general manager said and other, you know, Lions staff, we are in a retool. Um, so basically, you know, some players are staying, um, some players are going. Obviously, Matt Stafford, one of those guys that um, has to go. And again, I think Matt Stafford is an incredible quarterback. There was no, you know, hate for the guy. Um, I think, like I said, I think he's a top 10 quarterback in this league of today. Uh, but again, he deserves to be somewhere that he can win. Um, the Rams in the past three, four years have um, made it to the playoffs and then they had a Super Bowl uh, appearance in 2018, I believe. Um, so I feel like they're, you know, they're one piece away and, you know, I'm Rams, if I'm a Rams fan, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm content with this trade because, yeah, you know, Matt Stafford is older. Um, you know, one thing fans have to worry about is his, 
you know, his history of injuries. But if you can keep Stafford healthy for a full year, they're going deep in the playoffs. Um, I don't want to say the Super Bowl because, you know, it's kind of like they're kind of pushing it. But, you know, it, it's very possible. Um, like I say, and, you know, as far as, as, as the line game, Jared Goff, um, I'm content with it. Um, he, he said in an interview that he's glad he's playing for someone who, who wants him. And obviously, if you guys have been following the whole trade, you know, uh, the whole front office and, and, and coaching staff didn't really believe in me anymore. Um, and I feel like, you know, this is a time for Jared Goff to play at a high level because, you know, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. And now he wants to show not only his old team, you know, what he can really do, but to the league as a whole. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's going to be interesting. I also found out that we play the Rams this upcoming season. So <laughs> two teams will, you know, two quarterbacks will, or that's awesome. Know, ace off together again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm content and I'm happy and we'll see what, you know, this upcoming season is in store for us. I struggled with analyzing this trade. Um, at first, my instant reaction from this trade was that the the Rams gave up too much. I agree. Um, but as I as I thought about it more, the more I made sense of it for both sides. So from the Lions side, you're obviously getting somewhat of a downgrade at, yeah. at quarterback because 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 golf golf is is a good quarterback. Stafford is is just better. Yeah. Stafford's probably a top, probably a top 10, 12 guy in the league. Goff is probably like a top, I would say maybe like a 15, 16-ish uh, yep. quarterback right now. Um so in the in in the short term, you you are not getting the you know the better quarterback. But mm-hmm. if you if you're the Lions and it, and you're in a retool right now, you probably weren't gonna go very far anyway. Right. Like you said, Goff is a lot younger than Stafford. I, I believe he's six or seven years younger than Stafford is right now, yep. which gives him room to grow in a new system. Mm-hmm. And those draft picks are huge because if you're the Lions and you're not going to be very good for the next year or two, you would be able to potentially package the draft picks that you got in that trade yep. along with your own draft pick and maybe trade up to – a really like a top, maybe top two, another top three spot for a future draft for a very near future draft. So if I'm the lions, I have a lot of flexibility right now in terms of what I can use with, with, with my draft capital. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I think as of right now, I think the lions are the preliminary winners. I don't, the, the, the whole winner loser in a trade thing is, is fun to talk about, but we don't actually know until, uh, yeah until the season starts for the rams i do think i i did make sense of it very steep price to pay for a quarterback that's going to be 33 years old Mm -hmm. but stafford right now is an upgrade over golf and they have a good receiving core they have a great young coach they have a great defense yeah i do think this makes the rams better it just depends on how better how much better um because they compete in a very tough division very tough conference in in general um with a lot of deep contenders in it. So 
I, I, I do think the Lions win in the long run. And I think the Rams win in the short run. And it just kind of depends on what your flavor is. Like if, 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 if you're a Rams fan, I'm happy that I'm getting a quarterback that can throw the deep ball more. And from the Lions, I'm happy that I get a quarterback that is seven years younger, who has room to grow, who has made the Pro Bowl a couple times, yeah. and I get extra draft picks. So I think the Lions probably got a little bit of a better deal in the in the in the trade. But if I'm the Rams, I'm pretty happy with it. That's fact. And one thing that you know I like to mention is that <clears throat> it really, like you said, it took me a minute to process it, and I had to. Because I, I, it's, it's one thing to to see to see a tweet or see an article and and it's real, you know, fat heavy and, and yeah. And that. One thing that I like to do to kind of break stuff down is watch you know YouTube's on videos of fans kind of breaking it down yeah. for someone who doesn't really understand the game to yeah. a certain level. That's true. Um, so yeah, it's it's you know it's it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, I think this is the start of something new. This is probably the best move that's happened. And I think, again, I, I saw somebody else that said this on Twitter, but this is the best thing the Lions have done in the past 15 years. And I think that's a hundred percent true. Um, I can see that new front office is, I think, you know, their <laughs> Brad Holmes is, is, I feel like doing a lot of behind the scenes work and something as yeah. of now, we may not see it for what it truly is, but when the season begins, you know, if, if he's really went out to what he's, he's meant to be, you know, we're, we we're right back in the, in the, in the swing of things. So. Yeah. And also if I had to give this trade a letter grade, mm -hmm. the lions would probably get like a B plus a minus. Yeah. Rams probably like a B B minus just because you, you have to incorporate the long term into it as yeah. well. I think in the, in, in the, in the short run, the Rams are going to be better off, but I, I think for the lions, um, it's like you said, Brad, Brad Holmes has a plan. Yeah. And if I wouldn't call him crazy for thinking that golf is the future at quarterback, if you surround him with the right pieces and it seems yeah. like he's off to a very good start. I mean, and Holmes, Holmes has proven himself as a very good talent evaluator. And if he is able to implement his system in Detroit, that that could mean good things for you guys in the in the near future. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I I think the Lions are finally headed in uh, in somewhat of a right direction. Yeah, I think I said this on, on one of the other episodes, but you know, I had the Rams to two were one of those teams that I didn't think that we would go out and get. But like I said, after everything kind of settled down. Brad Holmes came from, you know, L.A. or from the Rams organization. And, you know, he's responsible for getting Jared Goff, um, Aaron Donald, um, you know, and all those all those guys, Cooper Cup. So, you know, that's his boy at the end of the day. And, and if he saw something special in him and he wanted to bring him to Detroit, then, you know, I got to respect it. Absolutely. All right. Well, that covers the Matthew Stafford trade. We're going to move on to our next conversation. Deshaun Watson, who is better than Matt Stafford and Jared Goff. Yeah. Deshaun Watson is a top five or maybe even top four quarterback in the entire National Football League. Um, Clemson product 2017 is uh, – he, he, I mean, he's lit the league on fire ever since he came into it outside yeah. of that injury that he had. Um, he's 
he's a he's a joy to watch it. it it's it's unfortunate that he's in a situation right now that is not optimal for for his uh, for his skill set mm-hmm. um, and and for his growth as a uh, as a great quarterback in in this league. And um, he has formally requested a trade from the Houston Texans. Um, and there has been a lot of speculation as to where he could go. What is the best fit that a team could provide for Watson right now, while also giving the Texans a pretty good return in terms of draft capital or players or something like that? Best best possible combination in, in your opinion. Yeah, so so when this started to to you know catch fire, he had I guess given a list of of places he would like to go. Um think he came down like top three, um, no order, New York Jets, Miami Dolphins, and the 49ers. Um, I just got some news today that um, New York now is not on his list anymore. Okay. So, which means that, you know, now we're down to San Francisco and Miami Dolphins. Um. According to your question, I think his best fit would be San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have a super talented young offense that needs a quarterback to to make plays for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they just got a new head coach and Robert Sa- uh, Sala. Sala. Um, well, that was the Jets. That that that, that, that oh, was Jets. He came from the 49ers. My fault. My fault. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, one thing that I don't know exactly what they would give up. I'm, I'm guessing draft picks and money because I feel like the players that they have are too valuable to, to, to pass up. They may give somebody that's, you know, on the verge of getting cut, um, but it not, I feel like it's not going to be more than three players. Um, I feel like a bulk of it is going to be draft picks and money. Um, but like I said, I just feel like, you know, where Deshaun Watson came from with the Houston Texans, you know, they weren't having real good seasons. And I think that if he goes to a place like Miami, it's going to be kind of in the same spot. Um, and, and when I'm comparing, comparing the two offense, offenses, you know, like I said, I feel like the 49ers have – more depth and more talent on uh, the offensive side. So, um, yeah, I, I think this was going to be, uh, you know, also interesting. And it's, it's going to be, well, they said about the, like, the mass effort and the golf trade, that, this, that was the start of a domino effect. And I feel, I do feel that it's going to continue with the Deshaun Watson trade. Um, and it can also affect uh, draft picks for this coming year. Um, you know, if he does go to, to um, you know, a Dolphins and, and or, or the Jets, even though they said it wasn't, we don't know exactly. We're not Deshaun Watson. Um, but, you know, those teams have the second and third pick in this year's draft. So if they, you know, um, give up, you know, their their picks to the Texans, that's going to change the whole, whole game. Um, you know, so – yeah, it's it's a real crazy time in the NFL world uh, with trades and, and big name players, and and Deshaun Watson is one of them. So, 
Niners would make sense. I do think for for any for any team that wants Deshaun Watson, they're not only going to have to give up a couple draft picks; they're going to have to give up a really good player. Yeah. I, Watson is that good. Um, yeah. But he's he's a top five quarterback in this league. He's he's so dynamic. He's so good. If I'm if I'm the Raiders, that's interesting. I've 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 heard a couple of things about the Raiders and 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 Watson. That would make sense because if you're the Texans and you want to get optimal return for a guy like Deshaun Watson, the Raiders have Derek Carr at quarterback. Mm. They're they they have they have draft picks, at, you know, just like any team does. Um, and they might be able to throw another like semi good player in that deal yeah. as well. And the, the thing about Deshaun Watson is he's always played in warm weather spots. So he yeah. played at Clemson, which is in South Carolina. Now he's playing in Houston, mm. which is Texas. And I, I think his stadium right now is a dome. Is, yeah, they, is, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They, yeah. So I'm not sure how much climate actually has to do with the quarterback success, but that's just something that Watson's used to. And yeah. he, yeah, he would find that in San Francisco, but he would also find that in Las Vegas. Mm. That's a comfortable climate for him to play in. Um, I think it makes sense. And, and the only reason why I say the Raiders is because I, I've, I've heard that there's some scuttlebutt that it could happen. I'm not sure if it will, but I think the Raiders would, would make sense. The Raiders have Josh Jacobs at running back. They have a good tight end. Um, Darren Waller, I think his name is. They have a couple promising receivers like Henry Ruggs who can fly. Mm. Their defense is a bit of a question mark. And it's and, – and, and John Gruden – He's a, he's a decent coach, but he's not one of the game's best like 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 he was you know 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. So I do think it, it, it would make sense. The only question is what the Raiders would give up, and I, I think any conversation would have to start with Derek Carr, who's a who's a good quarterback in in, in his own right, and he's he he had a, he had a career best year this year. Right. Um, but he's no Deshaun Watson. True. I mean, few few quarterbacks are so. I I, I think the Raiders are in an interesting spot for him. I, I, I agree with 49ers that I think they can, they can make a deal. I would love for him to come to Chicago, but that's not going to happen. Um, I think the dolphins would make a little bit of sense. Jets would make a little bit of sense. Um, I, I do think that basically any, any team that's not the chiefs yeah, or the Packers um, or the chargers with Justin Herbert um or maybe even the Bucks with Tom Brady. I think any other team, I think, should be fair game for 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 a guy like Watson service. I and mean, he's that yeah. good. Yeah. He's an elite quarterback. I, I wish we got him. You know, because uh, that, that was that that would that would it was really making some. Because again, this was the point where before all this other stuff happened, but they were saying, you know, in comparison, we would give up Stafford. Um, and, and and we would get Watson and Stafford will be back where he's, he's from Texas, but he's playing back in his home state. Um, and, and, you know, they'll be, I mean, I, I want to say better at the, at the quarterback position, but they'll still, you know, it'll still be kind of balanced. They have a vet on the team um, and, and that's what they, they need. But when you brought up the Bears and you brought up the Raiders, you know who the Bears might get if they decide to, to get a new QB? Who? Derek Carr. 
I can see that I saw some I saw somebody had said something about it. Um, it wasn't a Bears fan. I think no Bears fan really wants Derek Carr. Um, uh, I, it, I would like Derek Carr. What? Are you kidding me? Well, 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 in comparison to to other names that are out there, like I feel like I feel like if if you had no say and no option, then I feel like Bears fans would be like, all right, like, like I'll, I'll take you. Like, like it's a no brainer. But I think it, it, like see, seeing the other option that's out there, there I wouldn't say Derek Carr is at top three on that list. But I guess if the, if the Bears don't want to go. In a quarterback route and get new quarterback, I, I can see them getting Derek Carr. I, I, if 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 we had a really good quarterback situation over the last couple of years, we probably would have made a Super Bowl with that defense that we have. Yeah, I mean, we. Uh, I, I'm telling you, if if the entire roster as of right now is held constant, although we're going to probably lose Allen Robinson at wide receiver, he's so good. If we keep the entire roster constant right now. And we add a top ten quarterback, we're we're a contender. It's just I, I I just don't trust Trubisky, and I do not trust Foles. For as much as I like them as people, I just I I, I just I don't trust them on yeah. on on the on the field. I I, I just don't, and, and I think every Bears fan has has a reason not to. It's like Steven in the in the, in the, in the last episode. Sure. Um, all right, well that's where we think Deshaun Watson is going to go. Let us know what you guys think. Next up on our list, we're going to switch to the NBA. Basketball, different sports. We're going to be debating on who the best young core in the NBA is. And that's kind of a broad way of looking at it. So by by young, I would say anyone that's probably younger than than like 26 or 25. Yeah, that's Just what I was thinking. The, any NBA team that has a collection of young talent that is able or that has the potential to flourish in upcoming seasons. Yeah. So maybe within the next like five or six years, who's going to be like number one in the conference or, or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start this time, um, change it up a little bit. And I'm going to go with a team in the Western conference okay. team with that has um, uh, their, their point guard on my, on my fantasy team right now, the Memphis Grizzlies. So John Moran is on my fantasy team, and thank God for that because I, I love John Moran. The Grizzlies, I, I think, have the best young core in the NBA. Let, let me just name or name some 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 names for you right now. John Morant, mm-hmm. Brandon Clark, yep. Jaron Jackson Jr. Yep. Uh, they got Dylan Brooks, Grayson Allen, Desmond Bain, and Xavier Tillman. Oh my God. That is some that is some young talent right there. So everybody knows about John Morant, how he won Rookie of the Year last year. He's super explosive. Um, if he develops a little bit more of a consistent jump shot, he's gonna be he's gonna be impossible to guard. Brandon Clark is a good forward. Um, his floater game is crazy. Solid defender. Jaron Jackson, great shooter when he comes back. Dylan Brooks, every time he shoots a three, it's I expect it to go in. He's yeah. like a and he, he he even kind of looks and runs like Danny Green, which is kind of creepy. Yeah. Grayson Allen, Desmond Bain, also a good shooter. Xavier Tilling plays like a vet, and he's like 22, 23 years old. I just think the Grizzlies right now have a core that if, they're, if their talent keeps developing, I mean, I'm not even sure how old Jaron Jackson Jr. is. I mean, he's probably like 21 years old, and he's been in the league for a couple years already. If he yeah. if he stays off 
the injury list, he's going to flourish into one of the top guys. Hopefully, I mean, I mean, he he fits the modern NBA perfectly as a as a stretch forward slash center guy. So I think the Grizzlies right now are very well set up for future success, and I do think I. I would expect this roster to probably at, at, at least at least make a conference finals within the next three or four years, maybe even sooner than that. But the West is, is, is very tough. The West is, is tough. And, and I think for as long as LeBron plays in the West, it's going to be tough for any team to advance far. Um, but I think that as he ages, I do think the, the Grizzlies are going to be one of those teams that's going to be there to – um, potentially start this uh, this new post LeBron wave mm-hmm. in the NBA. So that's who I got. I got the Memphis Grizzlies, led by John Morant, who's one of my favorite players. I'm gonna be difficult, and instead of giving one, I got five. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, it, it, it was too hard just to choose one. I think Kyle did a good job of putting, you know, that team in perspective. Everything, um, but for me. In order, starting at five, I got the 76ers. Um, you know, I think that, you know, consistently they're top three in the East. Um, and they're doing their thing. Number four, I got the Hawks. Um, this year especially, they seem like they have a mm. lot of young talent. Um, yes, sir. And I think that obviously now they're not doing great in the East. But, again, this is their first year all playing together. So you got to give them some slack. Um, but next upcoming years, expect them to be, you know, um, finally, you know, pulling the right strings and doing what they need to do on both offense and defense. Um, at three, I have the Suns. You know, I think that this year, especially having the help of CP3, um, being that veteran role on, on, you know, on that such that team is young. Um, and they're doing, I was talking about this the other day, but they're, they're doing real good right now. I know it's still early in the season, but. Um, I love Mikael Bridges. Yeah, Mikael Bridges. Devin Great Buck, player. Obviously, DeAndre. Great Aiden, player. That, that, mm. that team is, that team is slept on. Mm. Um, and, and, and number two, I have the Celtics. Um, mm. You know, Jason Tatum, obviously. Jalen Brown. Baller. Um, those are the two that are, are you know. Feel like the biggest names as far as young guys on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and number one, I, I gotta agree with Kyle with the Grizzlies. Um, and, and originally on my list, I had Grizzlies at two, Celtics at one. But when I compare, you know, numbers, the Grizzlies have, you know, a, a I should say a young big three. And like how I mentioned, uh, you know, John Morant. Who else we can? Who else we can? Uh, uh, Jaron Jackson, and and, and uh, tell me yeah, Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark, the Anthony Melton. Um, they're all. Oh averaging, yeah, I didn't even all, mention him. Yeah, they're all averaging. You know, John Morant averaging you know twenty one points a game. Jaron Jackson twenty points a game, um, and Melton nineteen points a game. So they're they're all neck and neck with each other. Um. So I, I, I agree with Kyle that, you know, them playing the West, it is a bit harder. Um, so the the time for them to reach a top four in the West may not be as quick as, you know, in the Atlanta Hawks. Because, again, they're in the East. Mm-hmm. It's not that a lot of competition as of now. Um, but, you know, I feel like, you know, it's going to take a, 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 bit of, a bit of time for them to reach, you know, the summit 
and, and get to where they want to be um, in the upcoming season. So, Boston is is interesting. I feel like I'm kind of curmudgeonly on the on the Celtics. I, I feel like I'm not as much of a believer in that team as as some other people are. I I, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I'm 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 a huge Jason Tatum fan. I love yeah. what Jalen Brown's been able to do this year. He's really ascended into one of the league's top players. But the the thing about Boston to me, they just seem like they're not very deep. I agree. As yeah. as, as as a team, they they don't have um, like take 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 their big man's um, for example. Daniel Tice is good. Tristan Thompson's good, but I feel like in order for this team to make, to take the next step, they need to have a more impactful um, like center type yeah. on, on that team. Um, someone who is able to reliably on a consistent basis, stretch the floor while also playing good interior defense. And it just seems like the Celtics have been lacking in that. Um, they have, you know, you know, exceptional young talent in Tatum Brown. I love Marcus smart. Um, mm. I like Kemba Walker, although he's not considered young, young, young anymore. Um, but I think in order for the Boston Celtics to take the next step, they need to add someone that can challenge, that can seriously challenge the elite big men of the NBA. So like Joel Embiid, Jokic, yeah. Anthony Davis, all, 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 you know, all, all those guys. And and the Celtics just don't have that. That's going to be interesting to see how they try to fix that problem. Um, but I think as long as you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I, they're 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 going to be in contention. It's just to what degree. Yeah. And for the Hawks, I think the Hawks collection of talent is really really good. I I think for for Trey Young, um, he's going to have to take it to the to the next level. He yeah. hasn't been doing quite as good as he was last year. Um, he's been a little bit inconsistent shooting the three. I think he's going to have to change his play style a, a little bit in the sense of not being a gunner as much as opposed to playing a little bit more controlled basketball, mm-hmm. I think for the Hawks to take the next step. But I, I mean, John Collins is, is a beast. You, yeah. I, I'm, I, you know, I, I like Trey young, regardless of, of what I just said. Um, I, I just, I like that team. Yeah. And I think every other team that you said all also makes sense, including the Memphis Grizzlies. Cause that was my pick. No, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I agree with you with, with the subject. I feel like they, they are missing one more piece um and like you said it could be a center i think i think regardless they just need you know one more superstar and some people think that you know jason tatum is a superstar he's good but he's not the missing link you know um i think that you know if somehow they they can acquire somebody else to to get them over that hump they'll they'll be in business and again as a, as NBA fans, we, we want to see more action in the East. Now you may, oh, but but man, you look at the Nets. Look at the. That's true. They're 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 a threat though. It's it's just it's one team though. Well, well Philly, but, Milwaukee. Really though, I look Milwaukee, really look. I I think regardless of what's happened in the last couple of years with with the Bucks, I think. You can't ignore them. They're going to at least make it to the second round of, of the playoffs, which yeah. makes them automatically a threat. Now, if they get over the hump, that's for anyone's that's that's anyone's guess. Yeah. But I, 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 I think the Drew Holiday edition is 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 huge. Um, I was listening to a podcast uh, 
CJ McCollum was on with Bill Simmons and, and they were talking about Drew Holiday for, for a quick second. Mm-hmm. And they both agreed that Holiday is one of those guys that really picks it up in the, in the, in the playoffs. And what are the, and the Bucks have been missing playoff intensity. Yeah. And Mike Budenholzer has at least so far not shown the ability to make adjustments when the lights are brightest. Mm-hmm. So I do think the Bucks are, are going to be, in better position to make noise in the playoffs than last year for sure. Mm. But Brooklyn, man, oh my God, they don't play a lick of defense, but that offense is yeah. insane. They insane. Play. They're going to be dangerous. Yeah. Kevin Durant's I, playing at an MVP level as well, which makes it even scarier. True. And I, I guess the only, the only only thing that kind of makes me iffy is that I look at teams in the West and they have more than two primary guys in the in the east it's like you have Giannis and Drew Holiday and you know I mean I said he's not a bad player but it but like it's not enough to compete with the Brooklyn you know what I'm saying like a Brooklyn Nets team because they have three maybe maybe and I I just I I feel like again like I'm I'm a Giannis fan I think he's, he's he's talented but you need at least one more, one more something. I don't know what that something is, but you need to get him more help. But here's something though. So just as a hypothetical, so so say that say that Brooklyn and Milwaukee play in the East Conference Finals. Yeah. The main ingredient for stopping Giannis in the playoffs has been to build that wall. The the Raptors started it, the Heat built on it last year. Yeah. Um Brooklyn's defense, I don't think as currently constructed is built to have a wall of that caliber. I think Giannis in a seven game playoff series would go absolutely ballistic against a team like Brooklyn. The issue with Milwaukee in that series would be, can the other guys score enough points to keep up with Brooklyn? Yeah. Because Middleton is a nice player. Holiday's a nice player. Dante DiVincenzo has taken a leap this year. They have a couple other good shooters on that team. But outside of Giannis, are they going to be able to generate enough offense to keep up with a team like Brooklyn? And that's 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 to be determined. I, I do think that would be an excellent playoff series, though. I think I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Giannis averaged 35 or 36 in that playoff series just because Brooklyn's defense is so bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and something is telling me that this year, I mean, obviously they're going to make the playoffs, but – I feel like at that time, somebody is going to step up defensively and it's going to spread. Um, I now, hope so. Now, going back to, like, let's just say that the Nets and the Bucks meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. I feel that having their big three, somebody's going to be able to contain Giannis. And it, could, it, it may not even be – out of those three guys, it could be somebody else, mm-hmm. but I feel like we sometimes expect certain players to step up, and in reality, it's somebody that we never expected yeah. doing that work. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's like, definitely true. Yep. That's going to be somebody from the. I don't know who. Like I said, I don't know who's going who's going to be right now, but it's going to be somebody. I feel like that's one thing that if you can contain Giannis, Middleton. I mean, yeah, you 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 can stop and and how you can stop, but their main threat is Giannis, and if you can control him, then you won the game. Yeah. So 
That's very true. Yeah, that's 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 going to be interesting. I um, I'll have to probably think about it a little more in terms of the matchups, but but Brooklyn, they're 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 dangerous. Yeah. They're very very dangerous. That that game they had against the Clippers was very telling. Um, we'll see. But uh, so moving on from that, our our, our last sports segment of the of the uh, episode, we're going to be talking about the Utah Jazz. Um, this is a team that has become a perennial. Uh, playoff fixture in the West, um, led by uh, the pair of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Um, great coach and Quinn Snyder, a couple good role players in that team as well. Um, but this year so far, at the time of this recording, they are first in the West. Yes, mm. they are above the Lakers. They're above the Clippers. Um, I believe they have a 16-5 and five or 16-6 and six record at the time of recording this episode. Um, and they – this – this team looks good. They're 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 right now. They're top five in the NBA in offensive and defensive rating. Um, it's like I said, they have Mitchell, Gobert. They have a great coach in Quinn Snyder. They have Bojan Bogdanovic. Um, Jordan Clarkson is in is in the running for six man of 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 the year right now. They got Royce O'Neal, who's a great shooter, um, and a couple of other good solid players for this team. My question for you, Matt, is could the Jazz actually make a serious noise? in the playoffs this year to the point where they could potentially reach the conference finals or maybe even the finals. I think it's definitely a chance. Um, one thing that I always say, and I told you this before too, is that, you know, the NBA is a long season and I like to say it's, it's a, it's not a sprint. It's a, it's a marathon. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I, one thing that I hope that doesn't happen to this team. And, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a jazz fan. But this is just me just, you know, being mindful. I don't want this team to cr- burn out. Right now, they're playing extremely good. Um, you know, like Kyle said, they're first in the West. Um, they actually played the Hawks a little bit earlier today, um, beat them, and now they're 17-5. and five. Mm. But, I, you know, I, this team – is off to a great start. I just think that they need to really pace themselves and know what's ahead of them. I think that mm-hmm. if they can play with this intensity and this at this high level of, of play, they have a chance to make it, you know, deep in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, I, it, it, it kind of scares me because, like I said, it's early in the season. You're at number one in the West. Um, and things can change within a week you know what i'm saying so no hate um donna mitchell is averaging 23 points per game jordan Clarkson is right out. behind them with 17 points and he's their sixth man that's incredible Love and mike Conley is, is averaging six uh assists per game so he's dishing the ball out when when need be um and rudy gobert doing his thing on the board and they like i said like how said they have extraordinary you know role players as well um and you know, yeah. So I, I I think that they're they're taking that next step. Um, I just don't want them to do it as fast as they're doing it now because my again, my fears. I don't I I don't want them to burn out come later this season. And then we go we see them now by one and they drop to five or six just in a matter yeah. of you know months. So yeah, man. I like watching this team a lot. I, you know, what's funny about the jazz being first. I, I actually, for last season, I thought the jazz were going to finish first in, in the conference. Mm. 
I, I made that bold prediction and they ended up finishing, I believe it was sixth. Um, but now they're first this year. So it looks like I was just a year late. Um, so this, this jazz team is full of guys that just know how to play the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously, so Donovan Mitchell is probably a, is probably one of my five or six favorite players just watching him play. He's like a young Dwayne Wade out there. He's so explosive. Mm. Um, I like, I, I like Gobert. Um, he's kind of, as, as kind of bucking the trend of, um, centers that can shoot. He can't shoot anything, but yet he's a very impactful player on both sides. Bogdanovich yeah. is, is a great shooter. Royce O'Neal is a great shooter. I, I think they lead the league in three-point percentage or something like that. They're a very, 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 very good three-point shooting team. Yeah. Um, the issue that I have with the Jazz is, to me, this is a team that still can go without offense for for spurts so there's a good chance that whenever i watch a jazz game which is which is not terribly often but it's common enough for me to get this vibe from them the jazz tend to go through spurts where they really 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 lean on donovan mitchell yeah and nobody else can hit a shot that's true that's the thing that concerns me with this team they have they have decent depth they have good players that can impact the game on both sides of the ball. Mm. But when the playoffs come and they play a team with a couple superstars on it, so like take the, I don't know, the Clippers or Lakers or um, even Nuggets, for example, will the Jazz be able to keep up with them in terms of points scored? Their defense is very, very good. And they'll always, that defense will always be able to put or, you know, keep them in games. And, And that's, that's coaching. That's mindset. That's mentality. That's, that's that. But for the Jazz, I just don't know if they're going to be able to generate enough buckets when it's crunch time outside of Donovan Mitchell. And Mitchell, for as much as I love him, Mitchell can go through spurts where he has like, you know, five of 20 or five of 21 or six of 23 games. Right. Um, a, a good sign, though, is that he flourished in the playoffs last year. They only played yeah. one round. But he was excellent mm-hmm. in that round against Denver. Um, he had a 50 point game or two, or it was, it was just, it was insane. The, the, the back he was going with Jamal Murray. Um, so to answer the question, if the Jazz are for real, I do think this is a very talented team, and I do think they are going to end up being a top three or four seed in the West. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they're going to keep up this number one pace. Um, and I, I do think they are very serious playoff contenders just because of the nature of this team, but I don't think they're going to make the finals. I, I think the Lakers are, are still going to make the finals. Um, I think the farthest Jazz could conceivably go is the conference finals. I, I could see them making the conference finals. The finals, that's a whole different beast. Now, I don't. I don't think they'll. I, I don't. As currently constructed, I don't think they'll get there this year. As of right now. No. I agree. Yeah. I, agree. I mean, I. It's like I said. I'm. I'm. I'm a huge Donovan Mitchell fan. Um, but it's, it still remains to be seen whether he can actually take this team to where they need to go. Um, which kind of, wait, I, I, I just actually thought of something. Um, did you hear about what, what, what Shaq said about Donovan Mitchell last week? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Because my, my personal opinion on that is I don't think Shaq was wrong for saying that Mitchell is, is not a super, superstar talent yet. But I think there's a time and place for that stuff to be said. I think it was it was it was out of place for him to say in that moment. But I don't think he was necessarily wrong. 
Yeah, Shaq, Shaq's been on a roll with the the crazy talk to a lot of Sha- Shaq, Shaq, NBA Shaq just does not give a hell. Just, he, he, he just doesn't care. He Shaq in the fool, get it? Shaq, yep. <laughs> um, but no, nah, yeah, I think you know, like how we're trying going back to to Patrick Mahomes. Like he's a young player; he still has room to grow. And like you brought up a good point, that team really does, you know, depend on him majority of the times and, and I think that you know him being that guy for that team you know, again he's not Superman he can't do this do average 25 points a game every single night you know what I'm saying so I think that his his future is promising um I think that he's a superstar uh you know within the team within the jazz mm-hmm. um but you know, I think what Shaq said was kind of too over, like you said, it was it was a, it's a place in time for that, and yeah, he said kind of too over the top. Um, but the kid is trying, um, and we'll see what happens to them, you know, the next couple of months. Um, and like you said, are, are, are they for real or is this hope? So, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Donovan Mitchell fan, he's so fun to watch. I, I hope he keeps. I hope he. I, I hope he keeps this ascension up because I, I think within the next two or three years we could potentially be looking at a top ten player. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's there right now, but I think he has potential too. But I hope he gets there because it seems like he's a really good guy. Um, obviously, a very good basketball player. Um, and it's Donovan Mitchell. Go crazy! All right. Well, that concludes our sports section of the podcast. Uh, We're going to head into our uh, music edition of Area 11, where we do uh, musical Sweet 16 brackets for various artists that Matt and I both love. And this week's episode is going to be focusing on Arizona Zervis. Like I said in the introduction, uh, Arizona Zervis blew up uh, into the mainstream in 2019, early 2020 uh, with the song Roxanne. Um, which made its way into TikTok mainstream. I think it reached like number four on the charts yeah. at its peak. Um, oh, and but the thing about Arizona Zervis though is that he's had a couple or he, he's had several great songs before he released Roxanne that did yes. not receive the mainstream attention that Roxanne did. Um, and uh, yeah, we're excited to show you guys uh, our brackets. Matt, any thoughts on uh, Arizona before we show our brackets? Um, yeah, uh, I think I was brought up at the beginning of the episode, but I think I, I found out about them um, 2016, 2017. No, probably 2017. I say 2016. Nah, I don't know, 2016 maybe. Um, so you, man, you, you just follow up with right look, Roxanne to me was a the voice gets me every time, you know, I had to bring it back, but. <laughs> I don't understand why that song blew up. I'm not a fan of it, as Kyle knows. A lot of people are. So if you see my bracket and offends you, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's get All right. All right. Um, Want to do your bracket first? Yeah, I can. All right, let's do it. Um. All right, so you know how this thing goes. They were focusing on Arizona Zervis, AZ. Oh yeah, our brackets our our brackets are very different. <laughs> um, so this is upper, perfect. Upper left, we got bad luck and changes. Bad luck featuring Woody Pine. Um, I got bad luck coming out. That song is a slapper. Song's fire. You love and zone. 
featuring John Wolf. I think that I'm violent in my zone. That that song is, is is smooth, but it still got a you know uh, a nice bounce to it at the same time. So I got a zone coming out. Uh, Roxanne <laughs> featuring Party Ways. I mean, and Party Ways. I said featuring Party Ways and Party Ways. Come on, man. You know I gotta go. Party Ways. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you have a little. Oh, you're gonna hate me. <laughs> a little wham, a wham wham with your with your boo. I need to play party ways. You know what I'm saying? So I can, I can, I can see that. I can see that. It, 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 it'll definitely help you out. And if it doesn't, well, sorry. Uh, hey, my writer and Living Facts, both two good songs, but I gotta go Living Facts. Just like what me and Kyle say, and we are. Um, so Living Facts, liquor money, and homies, gotta give it. With the homies. Gotta go homies, man. Uh drinking problem and Helen Keller. Helen Keller, man. Helen Keller. Uh little fun facts. Side note, whatever you want to call it. Helen Keller and Bad Luck. I think I think Bad Luck might have been the one I I heard, like his first one I ever heard about him. And then it proceeded with Helen Keller. So those have a very special place in my heart. Uh, LOL, you see what he did there? That's clever. That's nice. Arizona Service, hey, mm-hmm. you clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let me be a feature. Um, but I got Boston coming out. That that song just made me made me want to boss up and, 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 and be a dime. Uh, Boulevard and high up. I got Boulevard. Um, Patrick's song, real nice. It makes you want to turn the song and drive down the boulevard. That's okay. true. That's 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 a very chill song. You know what I'm saying? Real nice and, and, and mellow and low key. Um, so going back to the top, Bad Luck Burzone. Golly, I was tough. I got bad luck, man. Uh, Party Ways and Living Facts. What helped me in this is that Party Ways is one of them songs where you only listen to in your fields. And it's not one of them songs that's where true. you listen to like everyday type. True. So with that being said, I had to go Living Fast because Living Fast is more of a versatile song and mm-hmm. you can play it more consistently. Okay. Um, Upper right, I got Homies and Helen, Helen Keller. Um, Homies is a great song, but Helen Keller, like I said, it helps a uh, uh, spot in my heart. So I had that coming out. Um, Boston and Boulevard, I got Boston. It's just, I don't know, like I said, it's, it, it's a real, you know, fierce, high octane type song and it makes you want to go out and get it. Um, so, in my final quattro, um, I got Bad Luck versus Living Facts, and I got Helen Keller and Boston. Um, on the left-hand side, I got Bad Luck. That song, like, I, to this day, I still play. I've been playing this since, like I said, 2016, 2017, and still getting played to this day. And that was the song that, that you put me on to him from. Yes. That was the yes. first song I, I, I'd ever heard from. from. That song is... is, is if you haven't heard it, check it out. Um, and then on the right hand side, Helen Keller and Boston. Um, Helen Keller, like I said, it was it's the intro is actually a sample. Um, to I, I'm guessing back in back in when when you know in that time, um, it was a recording of something. I don't know if if it's real or if it's legit. But I thought it was probably was like, yeah, it was, it was, it was probably like a documentary of of a woman talking about how 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 Helen uh, how Helen Keller had 
um, uh, had all these uh, impediments and yet yeah. still lived uh, lived a fruitful life. Yeah, I thought. I thought. I mean, again, the, the song was Helen Keller, so I thought that that was a creative way of, of intro introducing the song. Yeah. Um, and in the championship, I got Bad Luck and Helen Keller, and like I said, because I play Bad Luck still to this day. Got it uh, as my champion. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, if I could, I our brackets and, and play it, but our uh, brackets cannot be any more different. And I'm so excited to to see your reaction on your face. This is this oh, is this is gonna hey. be crazy. This is gonna be insane. You're probably just gonna wanna wanna like throw something at me through the screen. Oh, That's but honestly though, I can I, I can I can see this bracket for me though because bad luck. I kind of predicted that Bad Luck was going to be your your song. Mm-hmm. There's some surprises here, though. Like, I thought you would have chosen Knight Rider over Living Facts. I would have thought mm. that you would have chosen... I thought you would have chosen LOL over Boston. But I can... I can I, it, 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 it's, a, it's a good bracket. I, okay. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't agree with most of it, but... <laughs> but but Zervis, uh, he's... Uh, all these songs are great songs. The only issue is which ones are are better. Yeah, and then, then, then the and I, I was telling Kyle this a couple of days ago, but he has a real unique sound to him. He does, and I think that you know he's not just a rapper, but because majority eighty-five to ninety percent of these songs have a hardcore you know melody to it. It's not just straight rap. That's true. Um, he does have about like rap elements to it, but it's more diverse than than what people may think off of first impressions. Yeah, because I mean, because Helen Keller is one of the only examples of him actually straight rapping on, on for uh, for songs on this bracket. I mean, every every other song I think probably has some sort of elements of at least some singing. Yeah. On it, he's yeah. he's he's got a great voice. He's 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 very versatile in, in what he can do. He does. Now we're on my bracket, so my oh, bracket God. is is I know it's it's radically different than Matt's. Um, it's like I said before, we 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 both love Arizona Zervis, but um, it just it, it looks like it's a little bit different. Um, so, what we can agree on though is that Bad Luck is should be in the final four. Yes, sir. Um, so we'll we'll get to that in a, in a few minutes. But um, so Bad Luck versus Changes, both great songs. I got Bad Luck. Um, bleep you love taking on Zone. Um, I gotta go with bleep you love. <laughs> Believe you love um, that that song is a song you can play too when you're just dancing, having a good time. Um, Roxanne versus Parted Ways. Um, I love Roxanne, unlike some people that I know that are Arizona Zervis fans, <clears throat> Matt. Um, so I got to go with Roxanne. Um, Parted Ways to, to me is is a very uh, important song. It, it got me through a pretty um, challenging part in my life, but Roxanne is just a to to great song. Um, Night Rider taking on Living Facts. Uh, I like Living Facts. It's a it's a pretty decent song. Probably not one of my favorite songs by him. Night Rider is probably like a top fiver for for me. Um, I think it perfectly encapsulates who he is as, as an artist. So I got to go with Night Rider. Um, we got LMS taking on Homies. Um, LMS is probably one of those songs that is probably in the upper half of Arizona's ever songs for me. So I got to go with LMS. Um, drinking problem featuring 27 club taking on Helen Keller. Um, 
I like Helen Keller, not as much as Matt, apparently. <laughs> so I got to go with drinking problem. Um, I got Boston taking on LOL. I like LOL a little bit more. Um, it's kind of like more of a chill laid back song that I've probably listened to more than I have Boston. Um, and High Up taking on Boulevard. I've probably listened to Boulevard a little bit more than High Up, but High Up is a song that I've kind of taken, that, that, that I've um, listened to probably a little bit more as of recently. So I got to go to High Up. Um, bad luck taking on bleep you love. Um, bad luck. It's a banger. This is the first Arizona Zero songs I ever heard. Uh, kudos to Matt on that one. Yes, sir. So um gotta go with bad luck on that one. Roxanne versus Nightcrawler. Whew. This was probably one of the hardest decisions in the bracket because both are great songs. <laughs> but sick. but I gotta go with Roxanne. Um it's 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 just such a bop and I, I it was it was one of my five most listened to songs on spotify in, in my yearly rap for 2020 <laughs> so i gotta go with roxanne um lms taking on drinking problem um both are great very chill laid back songs but i i think i gotta take drinking problem just because um it's more of just like a kind of vibey just kind of if you're in the mood kind of song um and, and then um high up taking on lol high up's a great song gotta go with high up for my final four, my final four, which Matt hopefully thinks Michigan will be in this year. They will be. Come on, don't sleep on us. <laughs> you know um, four in the nation, too. You see what I did there? Quattro. Yeah. Mm -hmm, four. Mm -hmm. I, I, I see what you did there. Bad luck taking on Roxanne was tough. And Matt's probably going to throw up from this, but I got to go with <laughs> Roxanne, bro. Hey, I love I, I love bad luck a lot, but but Roxanne, bro, it's, it is – it is such a vibe. And then drinking problem, taking a high up. I got a drinking problem. My championship round. Roxanne taking on drinking problem. This one was also pretty tough, although probably not as tough as Roxanne versus bad luck. I like drinking problem, but Roxanne is my favorite Arizona Zerbis song. And I, I was I, I was telling Matt off camera a little while ago that normally for artists that I like, um, I, I, I typically don't like a uh, in an artist's main like most popular mainstream song as my favorite. Mm. Um, it, it's just how it happens. Like take Travis Scott for instance. Like Travis Scott is my favorite artist right now, and Sycamore is not my favorite song. Neither is Goosebumps. Neither is Highest in the Room. Um, or take like a, like a Kendrick Lamar. Like my favorite song by Kendrick Lamar is probably uh, These Walls as of right now and it's not like all right or um or any other main or like backseat freestyle or anything like that mm. um but but service is, is 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 different i i just i love roxanne it got me through a lot of the pandemic or it has got me through a lot of the pandemic um and it was a great tiktok song for a while so i gotta go with roxanne why not one one thing that i will say about if you guys don't know rock there was a remix to Roxanne. It was featuring Sway Lee. Yep. And one thing that I was about to tell Kyle is that I feel like no disrespect to Sway Lee. I think he's real talented. I like his music. Yeah. But because Arizona Zervis, like I said, has that a real, you know, melodic way about his music that incorporates rap. So Way Lee is the same way, super melodic. We 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 nowadays um on the features we see him singing and he's on the hooks and, and he's giving us real you know melancholy type vibes. So for them, and again, 
this is my opinion. Maybe that's what the the vibe that AZ was trying to go for for that for the remix. Um, but I don't know. I I just I'm just not a fan of the song, so I think that both versions was. But uh, hey, you know what I'm saying? Those duly are, noted and disregarded. That that's why that's why we do these brackets. Not only is I mean that's that's our thing, but we do yep. it to show you that you know we have the same sixteen songs, but within each round things can change instantaneously. So yep. um, we're just kind of taking you into the our, our mindset and process of, of what we like and what we don't like. So and also just showing different perspectives too. I mean, we exactly. we, we we live in a world now where if you don't. In, well, in some cases, in, in in some spaces, if if you don't agree with someone, that automatically makes them like the other, yeah, or something like that. And 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 for some things, that's just not a healthy way of looking at things. Like Matt and I, we both love Arizona Service, and yet we had completely different brackets. And exactly. I think we're pretty much okay with that. Yes. Um, outside of Roxanne being my favorite song, but it's neither here nor there. Uh, so, oh, um, but yeah, I, I I think Matt hit it perfectly. I mean, we do this to kind of show different perspectives, and um, I, I and we have a lot of fun doing it. So. Yeah, shout out Arizona Service. Yeah, Roxanne, Roxanne. All she wanted to do is party. It's a catchy hook. I'm not gonna lie, it is catchy. We, I mean, wait, we, we we should be on the on the next remix of, of, of that song. Hey, hey Z, hit us up. up. Uh, uh, we gonna leave our our, our handles. Put the meeting handles in the description. So. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, that concludes this uh, this episode of Area 11. Um, again, I'm Kyle Kekka, and this is to my, to, to my left, looks like. Oh, you know, MV, Matt Baitler, Bait, Mr. Music Plug, Mr. Music Man. Man with all the nicknames. Yes, and this sir. is Area 11, where we echo the culture all the time for you guys. And we will see you soon. Peace out, guys.